the most important tool that a pastor or missionary or church worker or lay leader or, or Bible class teacher has is the scripture. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast, brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. My name is Rich Radowski. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at LBT. Today's episode features LBT board member Dr. Wayne Braun. Wayne serves as Senior Pastor at Fishers of Men Lutheran Church in Sugarland, Texas, near Houston. He has served at various intervals on LBT's board over the past 20 years, is himself a former missionary to Germany, and a joyful minister of the gospel at every stop to which the Lord has called he and his wife Linda to serve. We sat down to talk about the importance of thankfulness in the Christian life and about LBT's upcoming Giving Tuesday 2020 campaign. Wayne is a great storyteller, so enjoy this special Thanksgiving Day episode of Essentially Translatable. All right, we are with Dr. Wayne Braun, a member of the Lutheran Bible Translators Board of Directors, and we are talking some about Thanksgiving and being thankful and our upcoming Giving Tuesday. So before we get into all that, let's let the audience get to know you a little bit. Tell us some about yourself, your background, and how you got involved in Lutheran Bible Translators. Well, I'm a, I'm a Lutheran pastor, been a LCMS pastor for 36 years now, and grew up in the Chicago area son of a heating and air conditioning man and a office worker, the uh, family of three sisters. Went to school at Concordia, Milwaukee. That's where I met my wife, Linda. That was back in the days when it was a college, not a um, university. It was in downtown Milwaukee, not out on the on the lake. We used to call it the UCLA, University of Concordia, by the lake almost, but little did we know that's what it is right now. It is right by Lake Michigan. You know, I met wife there. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people that uh, my pastor wanted me to go to Concordia, Milwaukee to meet and be influenced by Prexy Stunkel, Walter W. Stunkel, who was the president then. But he was only there a semester, uh, and then he retired. Oh, really? Um, I had him for one class. I got to know him, an amazing man. But uh, I think God brought me there for two reasons. One was to meet my wife. Linda, obviously, that was the most important reason, and along with getting education and everything, the other was to meet uh, Pastor David Cook, who uh, was the campus pastor, and uh, he's, in, he's in heaven now, but David was, I always considered him my pastor, even though I never belonged to any church that he pastored. He was a great mentor to me, did, my, did our wedding, or was part of my ordination on down the line. When I was at seminary, I thought about being a missionary, I remember sitting in the Pritzloff Hall, I think it was, at Seminary in St. Louis, and they had this big presentation from World Missions and got us all excited. And for a, a little bit, I thought, oh, maybe I should do that. And then afterwards, I thought, are you crazy? <laughs> I don't think, and I didn't think I could stand being that far from home and, and family and so forth. So I just went the route of parish ministry. And uh, how I got involved with, with LBT is kind of a funny story. When I was campus pastor, at Concordia, Wisconsin, back from 1997-2001, one of the campus ministry leaders was a young man by the name of David Federowitz. Um, David and Nathan Esla, who had graduated the year before, who are both LBT missionaries, had, had started a, a mission movement on the college campuses called Beautiful Feet. It's those two, it was their brainchild. It was those two young men that started that. I think it's still going every fall or someplace in one of the campuses. They have a missions emphasis. 
And uh, David started that. So I got close to David. I went to that trip. First one was in St. Louis at the International Center. Anyway, somewhere along the line, my first or second year at CUW, David, a student, says to me, would you like to be on the Lutheran Bible Translators Board of Directors? And I thought, yeah, right, you're a college student. Okay, David, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to be on, I'll, I'll be glad to serve. I'm thinking all the time that, you know, he's a college student, you know, nothing's going to come of this. Well, before I knew it, by that spring, I was on the Lutheran Bible Translators Board of Directors. I didn't did not know at the time how many Federwitzes there are connected with LBT. So I, um, <laughs> and uh, so David David is really the the door to me getting involved. It's really kind of uh, interesting because I've I've met numerous people over the years who got their start in mm-hmm. world missions or some kind of mission work because of their relationship with David. I can't think of her name right now, but she used to be an LCMS missionary in Macau, and I was, uh, which is across the bay from Hong Kong, and I was visiting with her, and she said, uh, she, I asked her how she got into missions. She said, well, I met a young man named David Federowitz. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, you don't have to say anything more. <laughs> uh, you know, um, so David's how I got on the board uh, uh, way back I want to say 1999, maybe 2000, something like that. You know, I served, uh, I served 13 years. Uh, two, I had one nine-year term, and then I was off for a year, and I got renominated. I don't know if David renominated me or the board did or who, but I got back on. That's how I got involved. That's my history of missions for Wayne. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Okay. So, and in, in addition to the missionary connection with uh, with David and the Federwitz family, now you have a family, and and several of your kids have also served in mission. And you mentioned your own missionary service. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, those we have two sons that are pastors. Uh, Benjamin uh, is a pastor. Our oldest is a pastor in uh, Penfield, New York, and our youngest, Stephen, is also a pastor, and he has just taken a call to serve as pastor at Risen Christ Lutheran Church in Fairport, New York, and he'll be starting that sometime in November, December. I'm not sure when this gets broadcast, but anyway, our our middle son is the one who's, uh, Jonathan, who's always had kind of a interest in missions. He was trained at Concordia University of Wisconsin as a what they used to call the lay ministry program. Now they've changed it to director of church ministries, and his, his emphasis was in... Um, missions and youth ministry and uh, when he graduated got out from college he went and served as a geo missionary which is kind of a voluntary position for two years teaching esl working with children really uh you know uh, it kind of bothered us when he went first first off and you know we're missing him a lot but then we went over on a trip to visit him and realized okay this is right where he belongs he's happy he's doing what god wants him to do he met his wife there uh, who was an Indonesian lady, uh, Dora, and eventually he moved to Indonesia. Then he got hooked up event with the Mission of Christ Network, which is right there in Concordia, Missouri as well. Concordia, Missouri has become yep. this new missions mecca. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, the... Uh, uh, he got hooked in, and he spent uh, a number of years working in Indonesia for MCM, but he also served as a missionary for two years in Hungary, doing ESL work there as well in, in the Budapest area. So, you know, that's our, you know, both Stephen and uh, Stephen's had some involvement with missions, and both Stephen and John went through the lay ministry program, and I think they majored in missions. Stephen, like I said, he's going into parish ministry now. 
So you've been involved with LBT's board then on and off for part of about 20 years now. So from the perspective of being on the board, how has the ministry or Bible translation ministry changed during those 20 years? A couple of things. LBT has changed. I always felt a little bit like, and I don't mean this as a, as a, a, a cut, that LBT at, B, at the beginning was very much uh, a mom and pop organization. Yeah. And it was it was started by two missionaries who came back and started it in uh, in California, and it really needed to to grow in I want to say into the big leagues uh, of Bible translation because we have so much to bring, and that's one of the biggest changes I see. I think that's that's happening now. I think uh, the influence and the uh, work in in Bible translation that this small mission organization is having is just tremendous and the partnership with illuminations which is for those of your listeners that have heard about illuminations is in kind of a partnership a number of different bible translation organizations that are pooling their resources together to get the scriptures translated into the languages don't have it yet and it's really cool and from what i've learned as a as a board member is that lbt is well respected in that community and that we're having a big influence on bible translation work now the other and probably the bigger difference is i think the way we work with partners i think um this is probably a puzzle to a lot of americans who are used to sending missionaries and we still do that at lbt we send missionaries to various parts of the world but now um and i think it's through makana jesus in uh, ethiopia has really opened the door for us. They're wanting to do translation work, and so they're partnering with LBT to to build this facility and build this program where they train translators to do the work. And, and to me, in another sense, it's a another sign that the the center of the Christian world is shifting away from yeah. the West, shifting away from America. It's already shifted away from Europe and into places uh, we would call third world or into Africa and other places where Christianity is just booming. And they're building the mission infrastructure now, which is really cool. So we're working to equip people to do their own translation work and yeah. consulting with them. And and uh, I, I think it's really expanding and growing the ability to do translation work. And that that probably is the biggest difference from when I was on the first time to what I'm on now. What is it about LBT ministry and the ministry of Bible translation that you're passionate about? Okay, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm a storyteller. Right. Um, when I was in Texarkana as a pastor, we had a, uh, a friendship Sunday, and a lady showed up by the name of Linda Mabry, and okay. she had a special needs daughter. And uh, when I went to visit her at her home, her husband and her, and her daughter at her home after the friendship Sunday, one of the things she said is, "I would really like Kelly." to go through confirmation. And so we set it up and, and the materials, I did some research and uh, Bethesda in, uh, uh, in uh, Wisconsin from Watertown directed me towards some materials that the Wisconsin Senate had developed. And uh, so I, I used their confirmation material. And anyway, we had our first session together and uh, Linda, she cautioned me. She said, Pastor Braun, Kelly, you know, she's, she learns on a third or fourth grade level. You can't expect her to, you know, understand quickly. Don't be disappointed, you know. The attention span is short, and so we, we, uh, we only did 15-minute sessions once a week for two years. But I, uh, I said to her, and I said, well, you know, Linda, I know that 
we have an advantage that the math teacher and the history teacher doesn't have. We're going to use the scriptures, and uh, the scripture is God-breathed, mm-hmm. the same breath of God that uh, that breathed into the nostrils of Adam and made him a living being breathes through these pages. And so we're going to trust that God can, can work through his word to do some things that in, in Kelly's heart that you know the math teacher didn't have that advantage right. um and i and it was amazing during those two years i still remember the night the day we uh spent 15 minutes talking about the lord's supper and the mystery of the real presence and this young special need well she's probably 1920 year old special needs girl grasped it almost instantly wow. that was the holy spirit sure you know god it, it, this so that, what does it have to do with bible translation that's because we use the word um, the the basic tool of ministry is scripture. You know, uh, I I get all the books and I read them too. I'm reading a book called Unstuck Church now, and all the things you're supposed to do to help your church grow and so forth. But let me tell you that there's there's only one key ingredient. There's only one kind of seed that the Lord sows, um, and that's the Word. And without the Word, any growth we have is not what God is looking for. Um, with the word, that growth is possible. That's the basic tool of ministry. Yeah. So imagine you're living in uh, Ghana and you're a pastor talking and trying to share the gospel with people and the only Bible you have is English or Portuguese or Spanish, but the people... <laughs> Don't speak those languages. Sure. Um, they speak, what is it, is Kumba, is Kumba, uh, where's that? What, what? Yep, that's in Ghana. Ghana. Uh, yep. They speak Kumba. I can't imagine if, right now, if the only Bible I had was German, and I was trying to teach and share the, the gospel with the people of Sugarland with a German Bible. Yep. I might have three or four people that knew what I was talking about. Um, the most important tool that a pastor or missionary or church worker or lay leader or or Bible class teacher has is the scripture. So why I'm passionate about it is is that because that's how God reaches people's hearts. That's how he reached my heart. And I love the, the, the phrase, it's the, the LBT mission statement has changed a little bit, but the, the words that have remained there is about making the the Word of God available to people in the language of their hearts. That that spoke to me, and I, you know, uh, it still speaks to me. I, you know, I, I think about la- that, that phrase, language of their hearts. You know, if if somebody starts singing a tune, not the words, but a tune from the liturgy of the Lutheran hymnal that I grew up with, I can fill the words in automatically. It will yeah. trigger it, and shoo, off I go. Why? Because liturgically speaking, that's the language of my heart. That's yep. what I grew up on. And that's uh, I still pray some of the prayers from that hymnal in my daily prayers. Well, imagine what it means to have God's Word in the language of your heart. You know, when Stephen was on an internship in Germany, because he, he knows German, and uh, this is a number of years ago, and, and he called us one day and he said, I, I'm, I'm starting to have dreams in the German language, wow. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was cool, yeah. you know, um, if you want to put it that way, the language of your heart is, is in some ways the language you dream in, mm. um, it's, uh, and so if God's word is available to people in the language, I remember, um, I don't think it was a Kumba speaker, but I'm going to use that, watching a video back when Marshall was uh, 
executive director of LBT, and uh, we were watching a video on the board. It was a video of something going on in, in the mission field. And Marshall, uh, in the video, one of the speakers said, uh, now God speaks Komba. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, a, what a joy that was for him that now the scriptures, God spoke to him in his own language. Um, what do you understand best? I, I understand German, but it's a struggle. But I understand English, even American English, pretty well. I even understand British English <laughs> fairly well. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, that's why I'm passionate, because I really think that, you know, if that, that image of God shaping Adam from the dust of the ground and breathing into his nostrils the breath of life. It's the same same word, only in Greek, that Paul uses when he says all scripture is God-breathed. That's powerful. And so if we, I think LBT's work is the first step in any mission field. It's the first, it's, it's the most, one of the most important things that can happen in a mission field because how do you make Christ known? You bring them his word. Very good. So as we're uh, in 2020, which has been a, a difficult year, we are at Thanksgiving now. And uh, just just in general, why is being thankful important? What's the importance of thankfulness and why is it important to mark an occasion like Thanksgiving? Gratitude uh, takes you out of yourself and focuses your eyes on the, on the true source of everything. Um, gratitude is not possible. It, 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 it keeps you from navel gazing. Mm. Um, it lifts your eyes off of your troubles and to the God who is the giver of every good gift. It lifts your eyes off of uh, the stuff that makes you want to pat yourself on the back and reminds you that, uh, hey, everything we have, we have is a gift of God. I, I personally believe that, that the soil in which gratitude grows is not what we have not focusing on what we have but focusing on who has us mm-hmm. you know because uh, you think because some people say well, how can somebody who's poor and doesn't have anything be grateful well sometimes they're the most grateful people in the world yeah and and i think what that comes from i remember when we took a, a mission trip with the youth to mexico and they said well they seem so happy and everything and they and and sometimes we seem so miserable and i think i, I my comment to the student was well Gratitude is not because of what we have. It's because of who has us. When we focus on what we have, we tend to get miserable. Yeah, for when sure. we focus uh, on who has us, that's what lifts us up. That's what that's what gives us confidence. And in Deuteronomy 8, when uh, Moses tells them not to forget the Lord their God who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, what he's telling them is don't forget who has you. Yeah. you know. And so I think gratitude is part of remembering that, that God has us in his hands. He's taking care of us. And boy, is that important this year. You know, I was reading something this morning. It was about that, that sometimes uh, we moan and lament about everything that's going on in the world. And we forget that God is still in charge. He's still in control. Sometimes we let all that other stuff become too important and take his place in our lives. And it's, it's like uh, somebody once told me when I was in the hospital, Wayne, somebody, sometimes God puts you flat in your back, so the only direction you have to look is up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think sometimes that that's what's happening in our nation right now. We think that prosperous economy and health and uh, having the right person in office, that'll solve all our problems. It all comes down to our relationship with God. And I think God wants us to look up and give thanks. 
And so a day like Thanksgiving, which isn't isn't a church holiday, it's a national holiday, um, was a wise move by the forefathers of this nation to say we need to remember who has us and who takes care of us, and we need to pause and give thanks for that. Absolutely, yeah. In many ways, the the effects of original sin are what you mentioned just looking in at yourself that's what you see you know actually happen in the the story of adam and eve the first thing they do is notice themselves and uh yeah they're naked right and uh (laughs) so it would i guess it it stands to reason that one of the impacts of the gospel is to look up and to and to Mm -hmm. uh, remember and be thankful for what we've been given in spite of what we're experiencing now Right. So in a tough year like 2020, what are you thankful for? Um, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that for all sorts of reasons that God is gracious and continues to to love me. You know, one of the things, uh, you know, I'm like everybody else. I mess up a lot. And uh, one of those moments when I was really aware of my own sin, it, it dawned on me that Jesus knew I was going to do whatever I did. In, in each moment, all, all the mess that I would make in life. He knew that before the foundation of the world, and still he chose to die for me. Yeah. The day I was baptized in uh, d- d- uh, January 1st, 1959, he already knew what uh, all the stupid things I would think, say, and do in my life. And he said, uh, yeah, I want him. What is that but the grace of God? Um, you know. So if you want to know what I'm thankful for, I'm thankful that he loves me in spite of everything, that he still wants me in his kingdom, that he still invites me to his table, and that he has a place for me in heaven, and uh, that he has loved all of us that way, and that he, that all my children, our children, are believers. And uh, um, I didn't talk about Bethany. She's not serving full-time in church, but she's, she's a teacher of... In, in school, and she's been a teacher of special needs kids. So I, yeah. If I don't remember to mention her, I'm going to be in trouble because I love, right. love all my kids. All right, Bethany, we um, got you now if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and our grandkids, you know, believe in Jesus. And uh, our in-laws, the, the two uh, son-in-law, two, one son-in-law and the two daughter-in-laws are believers. And, uh, you know, that I've been given a, a wonderful wife was very gracious in a reflection of God's grace to me and uh, you know um, that's the that's the other partner in mission too has been Linda because she's kind of supported me through all this she's been part of this we work together in the mission here we've been we work together in Germany we work together she was a pre, she's was a preschool in Tex in Flower Mound she's a preschool director here um, you know I'm, I'm just thankful for the family that God has given me all the things that I I think what really feeds that gratitude is the fact that I didn't deserve any of this, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and yet He gave it to me. I'm reminded, you know, Paul. If you read Paul's writings, he goes from being, over time, and you can trace it, he goes from being the least of all the saints to being, by the end of his life, the chief of sinners. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is, he becomes more and more aware of his own sinfulness. Yeah. And how great and wonderful is the gift of God that God would, would love love him and love us.
So that's what I'm grateful for. Absolutely. And uh, depending on uh, when folks are listening, you know, it may be Thanksgiving evening or, or uh, just the day or two following. But the some of the, in my opinion, the irony of this season is then you kind of launch out from Thanksgiving into this hustling, bustling season leading up to Christmas. And for me, the the keeping track of what I'm grateful for and being thankful for is is really important during that time as we, of course, arrive at Christmas. And the greatest gift of all that is the source of our Thanksgiving in the first place, uh, Jesus given to us. So as we go into the season, as we've uh, talked about on this podcast, uh, Lutheran Bible Translators shortly here has Giving Tuesday. It's the Tuesday immediately following uh, the airing of this broadcast, and that's coming up with an emphasis to raise funds for literacy work in Sierra Leone, West Africa. Tell us some about Giving Tuesday and the opportunities there in Sierra Leone. I, I can't think of her last name. Amy, a missionary? Amy Formella. Yeah. Amy Formella. She's a really good friend of, of our son, Stephen. And uh, she works among the Mende, the Mende, Mende people. That's correct. Yep. I, and I'm not sure if she's doing translation work or, or literacy work, but I know that she, 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 what amazes me is that she right now, she's had to be back in the United States because of COVID. But as I understand it, she's up early in the morning here in the United States on Zoom or whatever they're using, talking with the partners in Sierra Leone, continuing the work. And, you know, I think that's that's really amazing. You guys sent me, I think, four documents, and I was reading through them, and, and uh, about an institute for Sierra Leonean languages, uh, the work among, literacy work among the Mende people, I'm going to say these names wrong, Loco, uh, and Limba. And it was, you know, a lot of it is, is scripture engagement um, and literacy work. And you may think, well, why is LVT uh, doing that work? Well, it's because it doesn't do much good to translate the Bible if they can't use them. And so we do sure. the literacy work to help build the skills to help people and pastors and and church workers that are there to learn how to use their own language to to be able to use the, the text of Scripture that we translated. So it's, you know, uh, it's the LBT's work um, is really both translation and then making sure it's, it, that, that that's able to be used. The book doesn't just sit on the shelf. And I think that's what's going on. I, I looked at, I looked at the statistics, and I, I think total, if I saw on the pages you sent me, was close to uh, 2.2 million people being touched or have yeah. the potential of being touched by uh, by this work with God's Word. And one thing I want to say to people, you know, just because the world seemed to stop the last six months with COVID. God's work didn't stop. I was remember I was reminded of this one Sunday, early July, uh, a family just had a baby, and four days later, in the midst of COVID, uh, brought the baby to church on Sunday morning, and we baptized the baby with masks on, and uh, mm-hmm. God's work is continuing. It didn't stop, and this work in Sierra Leone. That's why I shared that story about Amy being up early in the morning. It didn't stop. Is still going on and still needs our support. That's what Giving Tuesday is about. And I think this Giving Tuesday, the emphasis is on that work in Sierra Leone and how we can help to help those people there to be able to use the scriptures and the language of their hearts. Um, To help Amy and other missionaries that are working there with working with our partners. So uh, 
You know, you're helping to make God's word available to people by the gift. You are you are part of the translation work. You know, and by your gifts and by your prayers. I I used to think missionaries asked for prayers because that's what you had to do. It be, be not be right not to say something about you should pray for me. Right. <laughs> Until I was in Germany, and then I would get notes and cards from people back in the states who didn't know me who were supporting us. And they would say that they're praying for me. Yeah. It's so important. Um, You know, so please support with your prayers, support with your gifts. Um, These these folks are doing tremendous work. When they are able to be in country, they're around the world, away from home, away from family. And why? Because they love Jesus and they want other people to know about Jesus. And that matters for eternity. Yeah, and, and uh, it is so true what you said that the world may have seemed to stop, but the work of God's mission definitely continued. And we were thrilled, honestly, around the world to see how resilient our partners have been in adapting and working under some difficult circumstances. And every nation has uh, a different situation and, and set of rules. But And there was a period of time where we here as LBT in the United States felt a little immobilized and like, well, what can we do at this point? And and we saw it as an opportunity to shift gear some and make sure that we upped our game in being able to tell the story uh, of what folks out there were doing. If we couldn't be there with them, we could still share what was happening and, and be sure that they had the resources ongoing to, to do the work that they were doing. So this podcast is a result of that time and uh, certainly work on our um, social media. In the meantime, um, as you mentioned, folks like Amy and others um, have shifted to being able to work uh, like most of the world has done on Zoom or other tools. And uh, and it's been wonderful to see how uh, technology has served. You know, there's a an old um, mission sermon from Walther, one of the founding fathers of the Missouri Synod, where um, back in 1850 already, he makes the point of saying uh, all this technological development has happened and everybody that's developed it has thought that it's for their profit or for their own ends, but what they don't know is it's a highway for God's mission. And if that was true back then, even more so now, um, wow. all of this technology has been a highway for for God's mission. And so there's a lot of folks listening now that have been newly following us or kind of taken more interest in learning more about the work of Bible translation, following on our social media and seeing the stories. And so Giving Tuesday is really a great opportunity to to up your involvement a notch by committing to pray for Bible translation work or even to contribute financially through this Giving Tuesday campaign. When you think about involvement in ministry, why is taking your involvement in ministry up a notch by prayer or financial support important? Because you're investing in people who are going and doing the work that, that you're not able to do. I'm not able to do Bible translation work. I can't. I don't have the, the, the wherewithal or the brains to be able to go over and do it and what these, these folks are doing. But we've got people that are trained. And so if you if you care about people uh, getting the word out around the world, then support this, uh, the people to go and do what where you can't go and do. And I, you know, Jesus said, uh, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody he was talking to that day went to the ends of the earth, but they supported people sure. that went to the ends of the earth. Um, and uh, we are all a part of that mission. We, you know, uh, uh, Ed Westcott, who way back when was the 
uh, head of world missions for Synod way back in the 80s. I remember hearing him in a sermon, he said, your mission field starts where your feet hit the ground in the morning. Sure. The other thing he reminded me of was that uh, he said, what's happening on the news is not really what's happening. Okay. At that time, it was, at that time, it was, they were sending, I think, uh, people from Cuba, and people were all upset about this. Yeah. And there were people were all upset about the international students uh, studying in the United States. And, and, and Westcott said, what in the world is wrong with you Christians? God is bringing us people from nations where we cannot send missionaries. And he's, so he's bringing them here where we can share the gospel with them and some of them will come to faith and they'll go back and share the faith there as missionaries in their own land. You know, right now everybody's so upset and anxious and, and we've got COVID fatigue and we're worried about the elections and all the division and the fighting and the rioting and what's going on in the world. Yeah. The news isn't the news. You can, I can guarantee you, though I don't understand it, God is allowing, using all of this so that his gospel can get out, so that his message can get into the world. He's using it somehow to open up places where in the past the gospel couldn't go. And so when you step up, you get to be a part of that. You know, when I read something the other day, the churches that are going to be ready when COVID is over are those that are moving forward now. Absolutely. Um, not waiting till it's over. Yep. And this isn't the time to sit and... Um, stall out. This is the time to trust God and become a part of it. And I think that's the other thing. A lot of people are worried and fearful financially. Having more money is not going to take away that fear. Yeah. Uh, having a firm job is not going to take away that fear. One thing that's going to take away that fear is putting your faith and trust in God. Absolutely. So trust Him. Let Him have all of it. That's where it's the real step up because you're, you're learning to step out and trust Him and Ask him to use everything you have, whether it's where you live or in Sierra Leone, to help bring the gospel to people. Yeah, and, and one of the things I find just, again, in service to the gospel is the, the whole concept of Giving Tuesday is not a it's not an LBT thing. You know, it was developed by folks just working in general nonprofit, but uh, the the whole thought behind it, even the symbols in the, the logos are there's a heart for Giving Tuesday. And that reflects what the scripture taught us, you know, thousands of years ago already, as Jesus said, uh, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And so uh, in the midst of so much uncertainty and so much going on, that investment of time for prayer or that investment, even of a small gift, you put a piece of your heart there as well. And in, mm -hmm. I think in uncertain times like this, where there's a lot of questions, it's really important to be part of something bigger than yourself and to put uh, part of yourself into something like that. And uh, so that's the that's really one of the opportunities available in uh, work with LBT and, and LBT's Giving Tuesday this year. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love it when my dad would say, hey, you want to come help me build some shelves in the basement? Mm -hmm. Giving Tuesday, LBT is your father in heaven saying, hey, Want me to come, want to come help me build some Bibles in Sierra Leone? Um, and, and you, you don't have to leave your living room. You can be a part of that. And you are a part of that. And that's really cool. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great opportunities and causes to be involved with and, and to contribute to a better world. Why should someone listening consider making Bible translation ministry and Lutheran Bible translators a priority? Because, because I don't think that any other mission work can happen effectively without the Word of God. Yeah. And so if you want to help missions, then help make the Word of God available to people in the language of the hearts and help LBT because they do really quality work with partners 
and they do really faithful work of seeking to translate the scriptures into the language of people's hearts and to get help people to use um, that that those scriptures. Uh, you're uh, they are they have been faithfully going about this now for over forty some years. Um, that work is growing, and they're partnering with some great people, uh, great organizations, and uh, I think when you want to know that your dollars are being used faithfully in the mission work, uh, well, then you can know that with Lutheran Bible translators and be confident that, hey, when I give, uh, this is helping to make that translation work and that literacy work happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Dr. Wayne Braun, member of uh, Lutheran Bible Translators Board of Directors, and certainly want to wish you and Linda and your family a happy Thanksgiving as you celebrate, and thanks for spending your time with us today. You're, you're welcome, Rich. You guys, too. Say hello to your family. Say hello to everybody over there in Concordia, Missouri. Will do. Thanks. Our thanks to Dr. Wayne Braun for being on the podcast today to share his thoughts on ministry and the role of thankfulness in the Christian life. We're excited for LBT Giving Tuesday 2020 as one way to share our thankfulness for the great gifts that God has given to us. Join us on Tuesday, December 1st on any of our social media channels or go to lbt.org slash giving Tuesday to see some of the great prizes and opportunities to get involved, to collaborate and rally around this important work, and to help raise $45,000 for literacy work in Sierra Leone, West Africa. That's lbt.org slash giving Tuesday or Lutheran Bible Translators on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at any time of the year, even if you're listening to this episode well after December 1st. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. Look for past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org podcast, or find us and leave us a good rating on any of the podcast platforms out there, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is edited and produced by Andrew Olson and distributed by Sarah Lyons. Our executive producer is Amy Gertz. That fabulous podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald. Music written and performed by the one and only Rob Veit. I'm Rich Radowski. So long for now.